Hi there and welcome to this week's audio version of the blog Off Grid and Ignorant in Portugal. Uh, this week, Alan Tejo wins again, digging in before the rain. With a thousand and one things to do, a deadline always helps sort the wheat from the chaff, or the wheat from the oats, as it would turn out. An incoming Atlantic storm to break the sunshine of St Martin's summer provided the necessary motivation to get us out onto the land and tick things off before it all turned into a thick, claggy clay mud. We knew rain would come, and there were certain things that needed to be done before it did, but it was only when our weather app started giving us some meaty millimetre rainfall predictions that we snapped into action. Two weeks of warm and sunny weather had dried out our building site beautifully, the perfect time for our shipping container and would-be water filtration house to be delivered, and for the cement mixers to return so the polished concrete floor guys could finish the job they dramatically stopped by way of a large concrete poop a couple of weeks ago. But of course, they waited until the weather was upon us before making an albeit fleeting appearance. Roll up, roll up, get your concrete while it lasts, one day only. It was nice of them to drop by, but the problem with doing six indoor floors and six outside decks in small batches is the inconsistency in the amount of colour they spread and therefore the finished hue of the floors. And doing shower areas and bathrooms separately with weeks in between does inevitably result in multicoloured floors, which really weren't as advertised in the brochure. We'll work around it, but it's very frustrating. Anna came up with a new version of the three-letter acronym AWA, which some listeners may recognise and relate to. It's Alentejo wins again. Whatever you do, however you prepare, however you balance pushing not too hard or too softly, Alentejo is going to win. It's just a matter of understanding that and going with the flow, which is sometimes easier said than done. We're lucky that at least our building work isn't being delayed by their absence, which is apparently due to a shortage of cement in southern Portugal, for reasons so far unexplained. Our contractor, Senor Manuel, and his fabulous builders, Justo and Joachim, are just cracking on and getting stuff done, while the window guy and the carpenter work tirelessly, presumably, on preparing all our fittings for fitting. This week, the guys have been doing a load of digging, cutting the first of three cross-property trenches to move water, waste and electricity between the houses and to where it needs to be. We'll be collecting all our rainwater runoff to store in a 200,000 litre pillow tank and have ordered the biological wastewater treatment system and so the guys have been using levelling lasers to dig a trench at the correct angle to bring everything down the hill. They added some French drains to soak up some of the surface water which will sink through the gravel around the houses. But sitting as we are on a hilltop of clay, we will need even more creative ways of helping the water run off during high rainfall winters. With landscaping a top priority, we had to take advantage of this year's last opportunity to get things into the ground before we hopefully open. We'll have one more chance to pretty things up in February-March, 
but the perfect time to plant cover crops is after one big rain has soaked into the ground nicely and another big rain is on the way. With storm clouds forecast, we headed for the hills of Monchik Mountain in the Algarve to buy some more olive trees to plant. How many would you like? asked the nice chap at our favourite nursery, Vivero de Niche. How many can we get in the trailer? Anna replied, expecting that we'd need a couple of trips to transport the 200 olive saplings we decided to plant as a hedge to surround our land. It turns out he could have packed 500 in there, and so we bounced the trailer back to the valley with a whole batch of 200 small trees and a load of work ahead of us. It's more difficult than you might think to find a load of old shit on social media, especially nearby manure, or strum as it's known here. But after many hours of searching, Anna stumbled upon a large local stash of 18-month-old horse dung, ready to help our olive hedge establish itself. Another trailer trip later, and we had everything we needed to start digging holes and planting the trees about a metre or so apart. If we thought that was back-breaking work, it had nothing on the cover crop seeding of the area referred to as the future vineyard. We've had a couple of fantastic viticulturalist consultants come and visit and spoke to Darina Linderman, who runs Plancel, selling and preparing grapevine plants and making wine. We visited her for the soon-to-be-released wine podcast and I wrote an article about the process of grafting grape varieties onto rootstock and why you do it. There's a link to that online. We're hoping to plant in March 2025, as there's just too much else going on right now to have the headspace for the research we need to do. But we can plant a mix of cereals and legumes to provide some organic material and fix some nitrogen into the soil. With some help, we ordered seed from the local agricultural supplies shop and had to mix the wheat with the oats and everything else. As a student studying Irish historical geography, I obsessed over one particularly downbeat film called The Field, starring Richard Harris. His character, Bull McCabe, has a deep attachment to the patch of land in the title, which his family has cultivated and improved from barren to now very productive over a number of generations. I remembered his obsession with removing all the rocks and carrying seaweed over the mountain to make it the most wonderfully lush green field you could imagine. I was channelling my inner Bull McCabe as I dug rocks out of the soft clay and hurled them into piles, imagining how wonderful our field could be one day. Our topsoil is mostly good, but we turned over quite a bit of clay in some sections while burying the old eucalyptus roots, and I'm concerned little will grow there. Anna praised my dedication and ambition to turn over and dig out rocks from a third of a hectare of land, but firmly questioned the timeline, my blind stubbornness and the mismatch between intention and reality. The rain was, after all, approaching and the seeds needed to be sown that day. I suppose the rocks, let alone the seaweed, will have to wait. It was another day of tough and back-breaking spade work. We also needed to bury the first of our water tanks in the bottom of the valley. Carlos the landscaper had kindly dug the 2.6 metre deep hole, but had work elsewhere. So we had to lower it by hand, get it level, and then backfill many cubic metres of soil. With the help of long straps, the car, 
and the friendly Moldovans building our neighbour Daniel's new patio, we managed to get the tank into the hole, but there was much more to be done to stop it from floating out in the rain. Hours of even more back-breaking work later, we had filled as much as we could before the rain arrived. Now the sun is shining again. At some point, I'll venture down through the mud to see whether we were successful. And the shipping container? It arrived. But the guy couldn't lift it onto our new concrete supports because of the wet ground, so it's just been parked next to the concrete poop for now until it's dry enough to get a crane in and to place it properly. Ah well. A-W-A. Thanks very much indeed for listening. Please go on to the website Off Grid and Ignorant in Portugal so you can uh, see some of the links. There's a video of us planting olive trees and a ridiculous picture of Garf Uncle the dog preparing for the rain. Thanks a lot. I'll see you next time.